Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is Tuesday, the 20th of August, 2019, and I am joined again by one of my favorite people, my Aunt Linda Jaco. Great to have you back. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Jason. So, uh, in, on Monday's show, we t- we talked a lot about religion, but and we could talk about that for months, I'm sure, but there's so much more to what your life has been and continues to be. From living in the in the deserts of Arizona, uh, kind of by yourself, like Gary Snyder style, out among the <laughs> among the land, to doing historical interpretation, to working with folks with special needs, to I mean, it's just uh, to owning your own restaurant. To you're the only person in our family who I feel in any way is like me, where if someone says, well, what do you do? You, It could take you a while to explain uh-huh. what it is that you've been up mm-hmm. to for the last little while. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I had forgotten about Ruby completely until you mentioned it. There's so many things to remember that you mentioned it in passing last night, and I forgot it even existed. But now, as soon as I remembered it, I thought, oh my gosh, I need to hear about that again. So will you just tell folks what that was what about. did I say about Ruby? You and, actually even just mentioned that it existed. And I'm just curious oh, if you okay. even just say okay. what it was and what you were doing yes. there and where you were. It yeah. was it's it was in um, right outside of Aravaca, Arizona. It was um, a former mining town. They were mining for gold and silver. And we had the restaurant that you mentioned yesterday. We had a restaurant in our in our life and I was so hating it. I, that's one thing that was a totally negative experience for me. I tried and I couldn't find something there. So I'm sitting at the at the restaurant one morning before it opened reading the paper and there was an ad and it talked about starry nights and peace and quiet and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to call that. So I did and I went over and you know talked to the gentleman who was doing the interviews. They were hiring a cook and I remember him said to me, oh, I don't know. I said, you don't look much like a camp cook. I said, well, you don't look like a dusty miner either. So what the, you know. (laughs) So I got hired and I was there for about six months. And we started out with a few people and ended up just me. And I loved it. I had three dogs. What can you ask more for than three dogs? It was wonderful. And I stayed there until everything was finished. And they, they sold it to some organization that is the the land i mean that restores property i i oh, used great. to know the okay. name of it but i can't remember it anymore but um i did my share there because the one thing i asked the last guy before he left was to teach me how to use the backhoe or what so i cleaned up the property <laughs> honestly the dump was three times its size when i left and when i got there <laughs> i used to have a ball doing it and, you know, just I did a lot of writing while I was there, took care of the dogs. I mean, I just had to feed myself at that point. But I loved it. And why did you end up there alone? One by one, the people um, left. The second gentleman, who was my favorite, his wife developed cancer. And so I arranged for him to go live with my ex-husband, Uncle Dick, to take him in. Because yeah. she was having chemo every day, and they had to drive all the way from, you know, Aravaca into Tucson. So I arranged for that, and that worked out beautifully. They were there. And then they went back home to the state of Wyoming, which is where their home state was, and their families. And she passed away. And I've never heard or seen Larry, but... I feel like he's around me a lot. Yeah. I just loved him. What was it like being out? Because although, you, as you mentioned, it's outside the town of Aravaca, but the town of Aravaca, this is not a metropolis that oh, we're talking no, about. So will no. you describe the surroundings? What was it like when you were actually out there at the camp? It was gorgeous. Mountains everywhere. 
I was uh, in a, a canyon-like, I guess, and the mountains were everywhere. The stars, just as the ad said, were gorgeous, and I just loved it. I really, there was a lake there. I used to get out in the canoe and let the paddles come in the canoe with me and read my book. I mean, I was a like a caretaker, but other than when I spent my time on the backhoe, I didn't, you know, have anything that I had to do. Sure. Except keep people out, but there was a big lock there but whenever i saw people out at the gate i would go out to them and say you know that you couldn't let them in you had to know where you were going because there were open mine shafts everywhere so you just can't be you know so i would explain that to them so that they wouldn't go away angry maybe disappointed that might be okay but not angry at least sure so what was it like to have so much time to yourself i've never really had an extended period where i was just kind of out i was okay with that um, I was writing a little bit, dabbling like I've always done, and reading. And I would get into bed at night early and watch TV. Once a week, I used to have to bring my TV set in to be um, charged. My Not my TV set, I'm sorry, my, my battery. Oh, okay. Because I had to hook my TV up to a battery. And so I did have my TV. But I like to get up early. I like to go to bed sort of early. With And I do like to watch TV in bed. So, you know, that was fine. And during the day, I just, you know, I just found things that I enjoyed doing, probably reading and writing greatly among them. Yeah. I used to do a lot of letter writing. And at night, I'd be no electricity. I had an outhouse. And one night, I was sitting in my kitchen writing a letter. And all of a sudden, I heard gunshots. And I really got frightened. But whoever was always with me said, look, at the dogs are fine. I looked, the dogs were fine. So I knew it was far away. It wasn't close by. Gotcha. And the next morning, it was, um, I had, one of the gentlemen had come down from Tucson, and I told him what I heard. He said it was probably javelina hunters. He said they hunt at night. So, and then one other morning, he came down, this gentleman from Tucson, early, early in the morning, and ended up telling me that there had been a huge drug bust not four minutes from the place where I was living. <laughs> I never heard a thing, so I slept well when I was <laughs> <laughs> did you did you develop any habits out in the when you had that much time to yourself kind of out in the quiet that you carry with you to this day were there any things that you started doing there because you had so much time I don't think so I think I brought habits with me mm. that I was able to enlarge and spend more time with but then you get back into the mainstream and you go back to you know your your habits or your hobbies come second to what it is that has to keep you going. Sure. You know, a whole different set of priority kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that because uh, that came up a couple weeks ago on the show um, when my friend, the campus pastor, Ben Weidman, was on. And he's from a Mennonite tradition. And uh, we were talking about you know the the kind of whole Anabaptist tradition. A lot of it had to do with withdrawing from the world and kind of creating this example that of an inter- an internal internally whole community that didn't right. have to rely on the outside world. And he said eventually his own Mennonite tradition tried to figure out how to be in the world but not of it. Mm-hmm. And so what you're talking about strikes me as very mm-hmm. similar. Like when you have an experience where I think about this too because I'm a Buddhist and I I hear a lot about people who go for like a 6-month retreat. But then they go back to their lives, you know, if they're not monastics full time, they go back into their lives and they try to bring some of that with them. Mm-hmm. But it can be really hard to carve out that space 
you know, it when you is. have to go to work or yeah. and pay the bills and all that stuff. It yeah. seems like a real, that's the most challenging thing that I find mm-hmm. is how do you carve out that interior space? Right. I heard a priest talking years ago. He was from Notre Dame and he was so frustrated. You know, the Jesuits are a very intellectual order, very academic order, that constant interruption after interruption was interfering with the things that he thought were important until he said all of a sudden I realized one day that this is that for for this point in my life that's my calling I'm called to a life of interruptions and I thought I can't ever forget this I thought that was just a great piece of he wasn't really giving it as as advice he was reflecting on his own life but it's so true you know sometimes we are just called to a stage in our life where it's constant interruption yeah yeah absolutely um, we're just about out of time for today. Can you come back for one more day? I can. Fabulous. Yes, I'd love to. Uh, that's my aunt, Linda Jaco, and I'm Jason Crane. You've been listening to A Brief Chat. You can find out more about this show at abriefchat.com, uh, where you'll find links to become a member, or you can go directly to patreon.com slash abriefchat to join today. I love you. A better world is possible. Brief.